What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Ooh, yeah. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Ray Charles and Elton John here on Money FM 89.3 with Neil Humphreys. As we celebrate the 50th anniversary of that Elton John Bernie Taupin mm. songwriting partnership. Actually, it began from an ad in the New Musical Express weekly music magazine about, yep. uh, I think, uh, they were looking for someone to, to combine with. Of course, Elton John writes the music and Bernie Taupin writes the words, and it began around 50 years ago. Yep. So many great songs since then. You know, Benny and the Jets, your song, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, that one we just heard, Sorry, seems to be the hardest word. I guess that's why they call it the blues, Candle in the Wind. Sum up their career. Why were they so good? I think because it's a unique relationship, which I have some personal experience of, because they worked in two rooms. I mean, not metaphorically and literally. I mean, they brought out a compilation album about uh, to celebrate their 25th anniversary. I remember mm. it vividly, and it was called Two Rooms. And as someone who writes myself and collaborates with a designer on my children's books, I sat down with my illustrator, and I actually said this, I'm going to be Elton John, and you're going to be Bernie Talpin, or the other way around, right? <laughs> Meaning, I will do the words... And you would do the illustrations. And we work completely separately. And mm. I really did use Elton John and Bernie Talpin as the inspiration because I am fascinated. They have never in 50 years sat in the same room together That's right. once. That's right. Which when you think of Lennon McCartney sitting on the bed together, you know, in a hotel room recording She Loves You, mm. uh, Keith Richard and Mick Jagger mm. in the same room together, mm. or the, the Wilson brothers with the, yep. with the Beach Boys. Yep. Kinks Brothers, Ray and Dave yep, Davis, yep. all of the great collaborations of the 20th and 21st century in any field of music, the guys have been facing each other in a room. Mm-hmm. They never have. He will write the, the lyrics, and that's how they met accidentally. In 1967, you mentioned they following up on the ad. This young guy, this young pianist called Reg Dwight. Yes. If ever there was Reg not a Dwight pop, from Watford? Yeah, Reginald <laughs> Kenneth Dwight. If ever there was not a pop star's name, it's Reg Dwight, Elton John. He was handed this envelope. He said, We've got, uh, by his publisher, we've got these uh, lyrics. See if you can do something with mm. them. He opened them up. And it just clicked. It, it was kismet. It was fate. It was serendipity. They just clicked. And what's fascinating about their work process, Bernie Talpin, the poet, he might spend hours, days, weeks, months laboring over these mm-hmm. lyrics to get them perfect. And they're great lyrics. Great lyrics. And we'll get to them in a minute. Elton John does it in 45 minutes. You know that. That is his cutoff. That's incredible. That is his cutoff. He said, he said it many times publicly. If he hasn't got the melody in 45 minutes mm. of receiving those lyrics, it's not going to come. Wow. Well, look, he's had 71 singles on the Billboard Top 100. 26 of those singles made the top 10 and eight went all the way to number one. And his studio albums have reached the top 10 of the Billboard 200 albums, ranking 17 times. Mm. And, you know, interesting. They did break up for a while. Did you know that? I did. And that's when Elton came up with what I think are his worst songs. And I'll, I'll cu- tell you a couple of them. Uh, Little Genie and... Uh, Blue Eyes, which I think are his two, two of his worst songs. Dreary. He, really dreary songs without Bernie Taupin. He did come up with the one song I like in that period. It was late 70s into like 1980, I think, or maybe 77 to 79. Part-Time Love is a good song. Yeah. And you know why they split up? One of the reasons was 
fair play to Bernie Talpin. He basically said to Elton John, you look like a clown. You know, your song, which mm. I think is one of the greatest songs of the 20th century and their yep. first big hit together, is basically about a, a tongue-tied, love-struck teenager yes. who can't express himself mm. properly, but he's deeply in love. It's a fantastic song. And apparently, Bernie Talpin wrote it himself when he was about 18. Elton John is playing Philadelphia in the big stadiums and he's singing your song, which means so much to Bernie Talpin, dressed as Donald Duck. Right, yeah, you hear those outrageous uh, 70s outfits. Drunk. Yeah. The, you know, he was a drug addict yes, at the time. Yes, he was going through a really rough time. Really rough time, emotionally, personally, uh, mm. and so on, professionally. And Bernie Talpin said, enough, you know, enough. Uh, and they right, split up, yeah. Right. Well, look, I have a personal story about Elton John. I've always liked Elton John and I've been to many of his concerts. And I, in, I, in one way, I say that Elton John helped save my TV career. And I'll tell you why. Because in 1984, I was a young TV journalist. I'd just got, I moved from newspapers into TV. I didn't know what I was doing. And they wanted to fire me. I was that bad. But I got a scoop by getting an interview with Elton John. Wow. When he got married uh, to a lady called Renata Blow before he came out and obviously, <laughs> you know, decided that he was, uh, you know, gay. So this was February 1984 in Sydney. A whole lot of journalists were there because he was going to marry this engineer, recording engineer. And it was at the Siebel Townhouse in Sydney. And I was part of the, the pack. I was one of these young journos. And they said, look, oh, you, mate, you, you know, you're, you're so bad. Go and do this story and try and get the interview with Elton John. And I didn't think I could get it. So we're there and he'd had the reception and uh, we were all waiting outside for him to come out. And of course, there's some different uh, crews there, different journalists. And I think we'd been waiting so long and just about everyone had given up hope and mm. a lot of the crews left. And I think I went to a side door and lo and behold, after many hours of waiting, Elton John comes out with wow. Renata in the background and gives a little interview, just a one-on-one interview to me, my Channel 7 uh, Sydney camera crew. And it was just a short interview. And I can always remember, you know, oh, thank you, everyone, for coming. We've had a great day and all that. But the last line that he said, and Renato was behind him, and he kind of wrapped it up. And he said, look, excuse me, I think I'm going to have to go now because Renato and I are going to go upstairs to play chess. <laughs> <laughs> and then he left. And that was kind of a one-liner. But pretty much summed up his marriage. They probably did just play chess. Probably did. Probably. That was about as uh, exciting as it ever got in their bedroom, I suspect. Exactly. What probably. an interview. How old were you at the time? Uh, I, was about, I think I was about 22. So uh, February 84. And uh, this little interview really, I think, in a way, stopped me from getting fired. Right. Because I went back and they go, wow, you got Elton John one-on-one? And, you know, it's commercial TV news. It's obviously not a great sit-down interview. It's probably like a two- or three-minute interview, <laughs> if that. But you've got a one-on-one and got a scoop. Yeah, but the thing is, I've seen pictures of you at 22. You looked about 12. <laughs> so he's probably thought, ah, oh, this schoolboy <laughs> yeah, has come exactly. to interview me. I've got to interview the schoolboy yeah, for his primary school uh, exactly, video. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But I can remember it was a joyous time. And, it, and it, look, it's many lifetimes ago in the, in the life of uh, someone like Elton John. So ever since then, I've always had the soft spot for Elton John. But the way that his career progressed, Neil, mm. uh, his voice changed, didn't it? And yes. His, and his stage show changed. It did. And I think for the better in many ways. I mean, obviously, uh, he must be 70-odd now, right? Or close to Yes, it. he's over 70. Yeah, he's over 70. 70. I mean, you only look at Elton John and the other, uh, Elton John, Paul McCartney, uh, even Mick Jagger. You can't sing the way you did when you were 20 or 30, obviously. But there's a certain maturity to his voice. It's a bit deeper. It's a bit gravelly now. And obviously, he can't quite hit the high notes mm. that he used to. But you put that man behind a piano yep. and something electric happens. And he is, don't get me, you know, this, let's get it right. He is phenomenally popular in Singapore he and, is. and Southeast Asia he is. generally. His concerts always sell out. And Singaporeans can be a fickle bunch. You know, they'll like you one year and then the mm. next year you'll drop. Exactly. But his concerts have always consistently sold out. And I think one of the reasons... 
is because, as you mentioned there, he keeps coming up with the songs mm. and he always reinvents himself. He always brings out an album And he'll every even rewrite year. his song, right, for when Princess Diana died, yes. Candle in the Wind. I remember a song he did, uh, I think it was about 2001, called I Feel Love. Mm. And uh, and Robert Downey Jr., do you remember? He did the video. Yes. And he lip-synced yes. all the way through the video. That's this was right. before Robert Downey Jr. was Robert Downey Jr. Yes. You know, he was yes. before Iron Man. But... I thought, that's a really good song. If, if Oasis had done that, or a younger, more contemporary band, you, you would say that's still a good song. You wouldn't believe that a man who was probably 50 by then mm. was still coming out with good songs like that. And uh, so he's always managed to stay reasonably relevant. His songs are timeless. Your song, if it was written by a 17-year-old kid today, mm. you know, in his, his three-room flat in Topayu or whatever, mm-hmm. it would still sound like a fresh, brilliant song. And that goes for your song, Daniel, Benny and the Jets, Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, I'm Still Standing. I'm a big fan of the 80s tunes, I'm Still Standing. Sacrifice is a great song. Yep. The list goes on forever. And then you get funkier tunes more recently, like I Feel Fine. Uh, I Feel Love, sorry. Yep. And the one you played earlier with Ray Charles, sorry seems to be the hardest word, that is played at every sporting montage I've ever seen after defeat. Football, yes, tennis, yeah. <laughs> tiddlywinks, snooker, swimming. If there's a defeat, they'll get the slow motion package together and they'll cue up that song. Yeah. It's perfect. All right, so the 50th uh, anniversary, more or less, of that fantastic songwriting partnership between Bernie Toppin and Elton John. This has been Pop Culture here on Money FM 89.3.